Well, it's Monday night again, and that means football? Bloody hell. It's time for our weekly roundup of all the football gossip and conjecture. And this week the lads are going to pick it all to pieces. And the lads are me. Paul Thorpe Tony Pounder and Dave Hilda Pryor Good evening, chaps. How are we all today? Good, thank you. Hope everyone's well. Okay. Yeah. Well, we know Mr. Pounder's here because he's thrusting this cup that he's won at golf, which is good enough to hold an egg, a, a small egg, I hasten to add. So, hello, Tone. How are you? Good evening. All good, thank you. Hope you're all well. Yeah, we're all well. And uh, Tommy White's here. Hey. All right, Tom? Yeah, I was going to say, Tom could probably use whatever he uses to clean his watch uh, for that trophy of his. Mm. He won't need any more extra spray. It's not exactly big, is it, really? And then, of course, the vanquished, there he um, All right, Paul? Paul, about his trophy. Very well, thank you. <laughs> good. You've got over the disappointment, have you? No disappointment. We give him a good whopping on the second day, so it's not a, it's not a, it's not a problem to me. For the listeners who are a little bit mystified as to what we're talking about, Mr Thorpe and Mr Pounder have been off on a boys' weekend playing golf in Spain and um, there's a little bit of rivalry existing in the room at the moment, Mr Trouble. 
But anyway. Champion, champion. Oh, God, listen to it. And uh, Hilda's here. You all right, Hilda? Yeah, I'm good. Maybe one weekend we'll go away to Spain, AD. Yeah, good idea, old dog. Yeah, yeah. You can pay for that well, instead of buying me that United drink. Then. Fan at the moment. Before, before we go into this, I've got to tell you a story. Um, on Saturday, I went to the game, and uh, because it was uh, there was a bit of aggravation outside the ground, I decided I'd go in the bar and have a drink, and uh, we all thought well, I we're, know we're, where we're, we're going. all going to go for a drink because obviously it's going to take ages to get out of the ground, and there's going to be cars everywhere. So I went out and sat down, and I said to uh, Hilda, I said, you're around in Hilda. Yeah, yeah, so he disappears off to so Paul get a drink, you see, and I'm sat there thinking, it's taking a long time to get this drink. And then the phone goes, and there's a message on it. Sorry, boss, I've had to rush off. I mean, have you ever been left hanging <laughs> like that? I mean, it, it's just it beggars belief, to be honest. So you can pay for the flights to go to Spain <laughs> then, all right, Hilda? <laughs> Yeah, when we when we when we start getting a wage for this, you'll get your drink. Um, <laughs> right then, um, what are we going to start with? Well, I think that probably the the most uh, current story that is only break this afternoon. Uh, that is Monday afternoon, and you're going to listen to this on Wednesday, listeners. Is that England have been told they've got to play a game behind closed doors, which is uh, pretty drastic for. Uh, the the inventors of football to have to play behind closed doors because some idiots have started causing havoc. What do you think about it all, boys? Well, it's that to what do with the Euros, is that? Hey, can we stick to the picking, putting up the hands again, by the way? Um, yeah, what do you think about that, then? I, is, it, is it to do with the Euros, the trouble in the final? Yeah, well, yeah I don't think it's well, to do it's... with the Hungry game. I think it's the first lot. So it's uh, basically the the people who 150 so that ran into the ground, is it? Hmm. And the whole whole lot of them uh, got in uh, for nothing, didn't they? In that. But it, like I say, it was, it, obviously it was wrong, but it's a small petty thing to punish them. We seem to get punished for anything at the moment <laughs> in England, don't we? Where I think was it Hungary when they played England were allowed to have fans in? They've been banned for three or four games, was it beforehand? And they let them in. And wow. uh, they still continue to um, throw abuse at our um, players. Well, not just the players. Did, so I think, well, did you see those three Neanderthals beating the hell out of the police as they were retreating down some alleyway there? Yeah, that was the home game on it this week. Yeah, just last but I'm I'm also on the boat when we played over there, the abuse Sterling and other players got. Um, like the same, they don't seem to crack down on... They get a two-game ban or something in closed doors, then they're back in. Mm. Um, so for what we've done, a bit of petty. Like I say, we've got to stand down on it. I agree, but it seems to be that we English, uh, we always get the big punishments. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What do you think, Paul? I couldn't agree more. I think that um, it's a disgrace. You know, they come over here, they start a beating, start fights you know, against our police in the stadium. You know, so yeah, absolutely. You know, like okay, we've got to take a punishment because we've got let um, fans in for free for whatever reason. You know, that's not the security that you require. But to get that type of punishment after is, is really petty, considering what Hungary have got. So, you know, it's typical of um, you know UEFA and FIFA, like you know, not liking English football. And, and I, I agree totally what Tony's saying. We get punished for every small little indicative thing. And other countries get away with absolute, you know, murder. Sometimes it's uh, disgraceful, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Tom, 
Yeah, <clears throat> I'll be honest. Um, I probably don't feel as strongly as the uh, the other lads there, but um, I don't know uh, the full extent of who's been stopped from having fans at home games and things like that. But for me, you know, you've got to have discipline, and I know it's you know it's the fans and other fans are being um, punished because of a, a minority. Um, but if you know, it's just gone on for too long. There's too too often in football. Fans, there's too many idiotic fans, and nothing seems to be preventing them from um, behaving. So for me, I mean, it's a shame to have no fans. I think they could do something like, you know, maybe under 18s or you know something like that, and maybe just fill it with kids cheaply, so that at least kids get to experience, maybe get some better seats than they might normally get. I don't know if you've been to Wembley, but they have like a family section, and it's like right up in the gods, right, right far out of the way. So you've got sort of seven and eight year old kids literally can see dots on the field but maybe they could have just done something around that but um yeah I don't know the full extent of who gets fined what and who doesn't but from what I hear on the radio UEFA quite fancy England because they want us to have the next Euros uh, is it 2026 or four um they're talking about giving it to uh, England um I know it feels like we've kind of just had one because we have Wembley so often but apparently UEFA love Wembley and they want literally to give it as much as much game time as possible as such. So, um, yeah, I don't know the full extent, but I, th I think things need to be done. Uh, and I don't see that this is a big issue. And, you know, in, in fairness, that should be the first one. And if you offend again within a certain period of time, it should be even stricter for me. Can I put it another way then? Can I put it another? I'm absolutely in, in favour of getting punishments going. I just would like some equality about... Um, you know the, the, the you know the punishment. You know, absolutely right. If we've done wrong, we should be punished. But also, other countries, if they do wrong, they should be punished. There should yeah, be some equality 100%. of exactly yeah. what they're getting. You know, like fines for or behind closed doors. And I think it's it's quite yeah. sad that we've now got. A, you know, I'd also like to say, well, you know, why don't we then turn it into like giving it to disadvantaged children? You know, disabled people. Yeah. Make the game instead of saying, right, actually, like you've got to play it behind closed doors, let the kids in, let the kids in, let the you know, disabled people in, let the you know, uh, underprivileged people, hard up, you know, lower, yeah, yeah. Let, let, yeah. Let, let them in for free, let them in for free and make something out, you know, out, out of it. And, um, you know, that would be far better. And, and also, I think the UEFA would say, right, we're gonna, we're gonna punish you behind closed doors, or you make it an event for disadvantaged people, disabled people, and then. Make an event over, even if there's sort of like twenty thousand in there. Yeah, at least there's 40, twenty thousand yeah. that wouldn't normally get there. That would be there. I think that would be far better. Um, Invite you know. only. Yeah, absolutely. Hilda, I think that's I think that's a fair point. I think I think the issue I have with it is that we've got uh, UEFA and FIFA, as Paul's touched on, have got to be careful that they don't. Um, give this as a punishment for different levels of uh, criminality that have happened. So when you take into example what happened when, with the fans at, um, at Wembley and people trying to get in, there was people, um, you know, there was fighting and God knows what that was going on outside um, the final. But the fact that England have now been penalised with a stadium ban, well, UEFA now have set a precedent to say that's exactly the same punishment as... Hungry fans racially abusing players and people at their own stadium, and it's the same punishment when racism should be 
you know, I don't know what you guys think, probably be um, a harsher punishment. But yeah. FIFA and UEFA are saying that it's the same crime, basically. And, and I think it's a dangerous precedent that they've set themselves now. Totally agree. But do, do you not think, though, I mean, it, it, it's all... It, it's. I don't see how you can exactly mix racism with with violence and, and I suppose you could call it trespassing to a degree. But on the other hand, do you not think that it's getting worse? And and the more publicity that it gets, the worse it gets. I mean, you know, the the, the social media stuff, everything is it seems to be building and getting worse every every game. And now this this is just going to encourage more publicity and the old media will be absolutely rubbing their hands with this because it's giving them some wonderful stories. But on this the other side of the coin, there seems to be an increase in racism, there seems to be an increase in violence, there seems to be an increase in everything. Yeah, well, it's, it's, is... it's, it's a difficult one to, um, to ascertain whether there is increases or not because, you know, it it's, could depend on the coverage, who's giving the coverage and where the cameras are and, and tough stuff like that. So he's... Yeah, I always take a lot of that with a pinch of salt, but yeah, I agree that you know it certainly certainly is getting coverage far too much, and that's why I'm quite in favour of let's let's just get strict. Mm. Um, you know, a bit bit like my parenting, uh, I don't really let people or my son get away with much. So just nip it in the bud early doors, and and then you've probably got better behaved children. So a bit like fans, just, let's sort it out, get strict, and hopefully we would see a, a back back end of it. Yeah. Um, well, we'll move on from that one because there's not a lot more you can say about it, really. I don't think, but it's uh, it's a bit of an indictment on English football, I think, nonetheless. But uh, it's happened, and and we've got to take the punishment like a man now, basically, because you know otherwise it wouldn't have happened, would it? So moving on, Tom, Tom, Tom is banging on though. I mean, until society gives out better and larger punishments, society won't get any better. And we're going down politics now, but unless the punishment, yeah. you know meets a crime instead of like getting a giving them a you know a liberal of sign okay you know ban for you know like six months no ban for 10 years so they mm. can't come in mm. you know it's like on the you know we get going to pop policy go you know you could say about the people on the roads driving you know if you're done for a serious nick in a car or whatever ban them for 10 years get them off the roads you know it's, yeah. it's an, it, you know and if if i do something wrong I like to think I stand up, you know, and take it on the chin. And if that meant that I was banned for like 10 years, so be it. But unless, you know, you start coming down hard on people and making it really, so it affects their lives, you know, dramatically, it will just carry on, unfortunately. Just on, just on that, Thorpey, um, you, um, a point was made earlier about possibly that instead of a stadium ban, you might have kids come into the stadiums and, and things like that but then mm. it does still come down to how they're educated as well in schools and how they look at you know the family environments around them because was it the scotland czech republic game um a couple of weeks ago was it in this international break where um the czech fans were banned from the stadium but the kids were allowed to go um or was it or was it a Rangers match, not a Scotland match? I'm not sure. There's there is a player who was racially. Was it the Malaysian League? When, was it the Malaysian League? When it, <laughs> when it was the, I'm, I'm sure. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it might have been Rangers. Was it 1984? Was it 1984? But the children were found guilty of racially abusing the players, and 
that's that's just you can't legislate for that. That's horrendous. And when the kids yeah, are just copying the bill, basically what everyone else is doing, it, it, it's not going to solve there. the problem until. Yeah. Ban the kids. That, those kids who did that get banned for 20 years from football or something. Like we said, make it strict, you know, so that other people go, oh, do you know what? Even if you are a racist, which is far from acceptable, obviously, you're going to think twice. If you're going to get a serious, you're going to be like, oh, do you know what? 20, 20, 20 year ban that kid got. There's no way I'm going to yeah. commit that crime. Mm. Yeah. Um, Tone, just. Like you said. You're you're a little bit like Mrs. Jones, who looks behind the curtains all the time. What are you looking out the window at? What's going on over there? Who, who me? Yeah, yeah, you. That, that's all. No, I was watching I you. You're constantly looking out the window, so somebody's obviously up to some mischief out there. Playing FIFA. Hey, what are you looking at? Playing fi FIFA. Tone, can you hear me? Tone. I said Tom. I said Tone. Play FIFA. What are you I'm doing looking out the bloody window all the time? Who's doing what His out there? getting changed. There's a woman getting changed naked. His oh. name is getting changed. Is Dave's that, name is. Is that what it is? Uh, no, Cliff. Cliff. Um, Samantha's, Samantha has left us for the time being. Um, no doubt he'll be back ah. in due course. Um, so moving on to uh, the Sunday match, Newcastle against Tottenham. Um what did you make of that then, lads? I'll take, can I just touch on something before we go rightly into it? Yeah. Isn't that Amanda thingy funny looking? <laughs> Amanda Stavely. Yeah, yeah. She's funny looking. Do you know that what I'd say about her? Right or definitely not. The thing that got me about her was that when the when um, Newcastle scored and her and the Arab bloke oh, that was yeah. with her, I mean, talk about putting yeah. it on. Oh, look at me. Yes, we've yeah. scored. I'm a Newcastle fan. I've been a Newcastle fan all these years. And finally, we've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's well, thinking of the pay rise. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, I just thought that was embarrassing. Because, I mean, anybody that knows anything about football would see through that just like that. It was just put on totally. He, but, she's thinking of the bonus she's going to get. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, probably she is because that's what she's doing it for, money, not anything else. But um, what about the game itself? I mean, Newcastle, I, I, if you, well, I didn't have a bet, but if I had had a bet, I would have put all my money on Newcastle because I thought the, the impetus of what's happened, I thought for sure that they would not only score, but they would win. Well, they scored in two minutes or something. And I thought, well, this is, this is you know, they're going to win easy. But it didn't work out that way. For me, that... Me, that just highlights how bad Newcastle are. Yeah. All the hype. Um, like I say, for the first five minutes, they were unbelievable, but it just shows because Tottenham's not a good side. Mm. Spurs are not a good side by a long way. And it just showed to me how poor Newcastle actually are. I know they got a few injuries and that, but I just, I was thinking, I was chatting today to folks at work. Whoever takes that job has got one hell of a job on because. Mm. Although you could have all the money in the world, you're going to have a hell of a job to attract the best players to actually Newcastle. No disrespect yeah. to the city, but all the big players like the Bright Lights of London or Manchester, I think you're going to have a hell of a job to get the players there. Mm. I agree with you. Yeah. It's, going to take, it's going to take years, isn't it? It's going to take four or five transfer windows at yeah. least. Because you, you can't bring in more than four or five players in a transfer window. No, That's just ridiculous. No, you, you know what I mean? What... 
They're going to get, what, 10? 10 in January, and then you're not going to get them. You'll be lucky to get four or five in January because of the way people's contracts are and nobody wants to sell and, you know, too much to, at risk. Um, and then you've obviously got Jack, uh, the, the, the close season. And then also, how are they going to be... Newcastle coming in, where's the price go? Do you put five, ten, ten grand, ten million on? Do you know what I mean? Like when you mm. astronomical mm. prices for the players they want to get. And they've got to build it. They can't just, you can't just go in and buy people like De Bruyne and people. It's going to be like middle, top middle level, isn't it, before they get some of the stars. Did you yeah. see um, Steve Bruce's interview afterwards? Yeah, I did. Uh, and and it's like he said, he's a, he's a Newcastle fan and he's, the, the club has been crying out for this takeover for a long, long time. But what they got to realise, the fans, this is work in progress. This is a yeah. five-year-plus plan. It's not going to happen. They want trophies now. They're not going to get trophies now. They're, uh, they're, their big aim this year is to stay up. I think they're yeah, in trouble. I personally do. Yeah. And I think, I think, I don't think they're going to get a manager easily. I honestly think some manager is going to look at that and think, even with a £300 million checkbook, you are not going to... Like you say, you're not going to yeah. pull the big stars there. You're going to get yeah. sort of, you know, the, the middle of the rows, but you're going to be looking at probably 60, 70 million a player. Mm. And what wages yeah. they got to pay to attract the players there? I honestly think it's like you say, that's a, it's got to be a five to 10 year plan now. Well, I, 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 I agree with what the guys are saying. I mean, first and foremost, there's going to be an increase in, in, uh, in the prices uh, that are going on these players. And also, you know, if you're then playing 60, 70 million for a very average you know, premiership player from whatever country they're going to go to, then it's going to cost them a hell of a lot more money. Now, the, the biggest thing that the biggest thing that the owners have got to look at now is how important the the appointment is. You know, are they going to go really, really big like Conte, who, who might might be interested in it, or are they going to sort of talk about Frankie Lampard or you know uh, uh, other managers that are available there, but is is the where's the building? You know, what's the next plan for the next two years? So I agree with Tony. They got to stay up first and foremost. That's the important bit. So who's going to take over and make sure that they stay up? Who's is that? The manager going to be big enough to be able to you know like pull in the bigger names? You know, because at the moment you start talking you know big names. You know, again, you cannot afford them to maybe bring three, maybe four, maybe five players of real stature saying, look, this is what we're building, but we need to start and, and you're that start, start, you know, and, and then they've got to spend money on the ground because the ground's in terrible condition. You know, there's not one sort of over last time I went out, there wasn't one screen up in the stadium, you know, and these fans are going to be agitated. They want success now because all of a sudden they're the richest club in the world. It doesn't happen like that. You know, Derby, I remember years ago, and I've said this before, like, you know, Derby threw millions and millions of pounds of getting to the Premiership, and it didn't happen because they were playing, they were buying the wrong type of player, and they didn't perform. You know, Newcastle at the moment, they, they, the culture at the moment is a losing culture. They've got to change that culture, and they've got to change it quickly. You know, I think they're not fit enough. They played for 20 minutes, and they couldn't even get close then. So those, that culture has got to change within the football club. And at the moment, you know, Bruce, Bruce has got to go because when you look at his actual results, they're not good enough. So that's why he's going to going to have to leave. You know, but do you not that's, think that's, that those results are, are are not good enough because he's just not had the players and he's been unable to get any sense of the team? Got, he, 
Newcastle, New, Newcastle United, since Kevin Keegan left, have not had a decent enough squad, period. Mm. The fans are passionate. They are unbelievable fans. It's, there's not, you know, that few can rival them, you know. But the, the actual club is is very much in a transition. And the transition at the moment is a low-level Premier League club or a championship club with a massive stadium. Just because you've got a great, you know, or, or you know, a fairly sized stadium and passionate fans doesn't mean you're going to win football games. No, no, They've got to change not. the culture, and that is going to take time. The culture of the football club, where about right down to to the actual like um, academy, has got to completely changed. Now I'm telling you now that it's not going to take five minutes. That could take ten years. But ten years to build a football club, I think, would be realistic. I don't know what the guys think, but I think you know, looking at a ten-year plan to turn this club around, I think would be more realistic. You know, and also you could then go out and say we're not going to pay seventy million for a thirty million pound player, you know, and make it known that you're not going to do that because you want to buy in good players, you want to get the culture right, you want to build from your, your academy. They've got the academy that's got to be built, has, has got to be, be better, you know, and then then you could start bringing in the manager, the right manager for this time might be Frank Lampard for the next three four years. You know, it could be a continental manager. Don't know, but it's important that they say, right, this is what our plan is, and make sure the fans know about it. Make sure it's visible. Make sure it's transparent, and then say, right, our plan is for the next five years is to do this, 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 and this, and quite get there. Right, we're ahead of schedule. We're behind schedule. As long as you're, as long as the fans know about it, know what it is, the way it's going to happen, and at the moment. Newcastle are not going to win anything in the next 20 years. So they actually say, right, we're not going to win nothing for the next 20 years. Well, but we got 5, 10, 20 we're up to now. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? It, what do you reckon? It, it doesn't it take yeah, five gonna, minutes to build a football club. It's going to take years, but as well, what, what we, we're not talking about at the moment as well is what about all the players that they've currently got on contracts? You can't yeah. just shift players out. You know, you've got to manage them out. You've got to, you know, some of them they 100%. want to keep, some they won't. Yeah, players are going to get disgruntled. You know, people's players coming on on big money, and it's a it's, it's a real big headache for them. But, um, right. but yeah, what you touched on there, I think they'll need an, a manager in between. But for me, I like Steve Bruce. Obviously, he's a Man United ex player, and I've got a lot of time for him. But I think he's just been so harshly treated, and he cannot win at the moment. The players know he's not going to be there for long. You know, they won't be putting a good shift in in training, like like Thorpe said there. They're probably not that fit because they're not training to their full potential or a full effort because they know the manager's going, and you know it's just all up in the air. It's just, it, and even who comes in now, if they're talking about an interim manager, someone like Roy Hodgson or someone, just for the end of the season. But again, you know, what does that tell the players? What they, they're fighting for their careers, they're fighting for their contracts here, just to stay at the club, and you know, it's it's just a shambles, really, to be honest. But I, anyway, I'm sure they'll come through it because they got the money now, so. I really, um, I really, I really fear for Newcastle. I think they're at a, a position at the moment. The owners have pumped so much money in; they want success straight away. The fans want success straight away, and I really fear this could go absolutely belly up because they all want success straight away, and I don't think it's going to happen. And like you say, they've got they've got a squad something like forty four players. Well, you can't ship them out. There's going to be turmoil with a new manager coming in because they're not playing. He's not going to be able to bring, like uh, Tom alluded to earlier, eight, ten players in the January window. 
And I don't think they're going to get success for, like you say, we say in five, ten years. They're not going to want that. The fans are going to, I'll tell you, although they're some of the best fans in the uh, England, they'll certainly be on somebody's case if they're not winning and but they're if, not producing if, the goods and the owners. It's a bit like you saying to me that, you know, Thorpe ain't going to go 20 years before he wins another golf match. I mean, is this true? <laughs> yeah, probably Give it. But he had pumped a little money into his kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trainers. Not, not looking He's still at his got his 1984 Sam Steeds. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Sammy Sneed. Hilda, what do you think? You've been all quiet. So, I think... I, I think Man City are, are, the, are the team that you've got to look and compare it to, haven't you? And I think... I think I'd be a bit naive if I was to say um, that Newcastle won't win anything in the next 10 years because City yeah. completely managed to turn everything over. Yeah, it didn't happen overnight, but within two, three, four years, they were starting to get into the top 10. When they did that, they then managed to get into the Europa League. Then the bigger players started coming. Your Fernandinho's came in, then Aguero came in, then De Bruyne, etc., came in, and they became the team that they are now, as long as they do, like Tony says, as long as they manage to stay up, then I think the project will start to motor on. It will take, like Thorpe says, a good amount of time before you get to elite level. But I don't think it can it will necessarily take too much time to get to, say, you know, top 10 uh, for Newcastle, providing that they stay up this season. They're going to have to utilise the loan market because, as the boys have touched on, you're not going to get five, six players in January. So they need players who have kind of fallen away a little bit at bigger clubs that want to go somewhere and play football and showcase what they've got for the remainder of the season and hope that's enough um, to keep them up. When Abramovich took over at Chelsea, they signed about 10 to 13 players in the first window. And you just never know. It might work. It might sit. You never know how long they're going to stick around for. How how far does the money go? It because of where they come from. It suggests that the money's you know not going around anytime soon. Um, I don't know what you boys thought as well, but I thought it was interesting that Steve Bruce wore a suit this weekend when he never wears one. That to me seemed rather significant. <laughs> but I don't know why. Well, that was Maybe so. That was so. Like... He looked as a responsible bloke that's going to be able to be cope with an eight million pound payoff. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, other than that, I think I think as long as they stay up this season, like Tony says, if they go down this season, then it changes the whole aspect of it. But it's difficult to say where I think Newcastle are going yeah, to finish. As we well want as Ashley back, so we want Ashley back. <laughs> <laughs> because teams who are struggling at this point of the season, they go to the January transfer window, they change their manager, and suddenly the team looks totally different between now to the end of the season. So... I still would be surprised if Steve Bruce was there in, say, next month. I think it's inevitable that he will change soon. Well, that would mean then that they're going to they're going to sign a manager that's out of work, presumably, because if they want to get one in quickly, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Somebody like Eddie Howe. He's probably the man for the job, to be honest with you. Hmm. He's done it before exactly. with, a, with, a, with an average team. Um, they played good football and they competed. Um, I think he's probably perfect for it. Yeah. I, I, I certainly agree there. I, it's either him or Frank Lampard for me. 
Yeah, I don't I think. Frank. I, I, I personally think they would make a great team together, Frank mm. and yeah. Eddie Howe. I think that's the potential to be big. But uh, I referred to what Dave said a minute ago about the Man City. Um, they grew, like I say, over 10 years, got top 10 in that. But my big issue is, like I say, Manchester and London can attract the players. I don't think you're going to attract the players to Newcastle if players with wives coming over. Can you see them, them settling into North East? No disrespect is to Newcastle North East, but... much different to Manchester? I don't know. I, w- I would say head and shoulders. I think it's just... It's, it's more of travelling for every single game, isn't it, I suppose. But, yeah, I, I, I think Newcastle's got quite a book, book pool, to be honest with you. I think um, it's, it's a great city. It's lively, if, if that's what you're looking for. But hey, um, man, For us, for like us, for a night out and stuff, a weekend out, it's brilliant. But I don't think they've got the, the pull of the um, London, especially the foreigners coming uh, in yeah. to London or uh, Manchester. Yeah. Well, I think, like you say, North East is a, it's a great night out. And it's like you say, probably one of the best in England. But as a foreign player, coming from Madrid, probably, or Paris Saint-Germain, you, that's what they're looking at, players like that now, they reckon. Can you settle them in the northeast in the middle of February? But you, Dave, you, you referred to Manchester City and said you've got to make the comparison of them. If you look at the players that Manchester City bought, there's one player stands out that brought them perhaps more success than the rest of them put together, and that was Aguero. If they hadn't bought Aguero, I wonder how they would have done. Yeah, but in fairness, where was who was Aguero before Man City signed him? I don't really know him. Do you know what I mean? So it's not always that you sign the big stars; you sign people that become stars. You know, players. You know, in fairness, even Fernandez for Man United, not being funny. All right, there was rumours we were after him, so we're Tottenham for a while, but you didn't really know who he was. You didn't know how good he was or wasn't. There's some great yeah. players out there. They don't have to be mega, mega sort of world famous stars at the moment. Tom, if, Tom, if I remember. Um, Mark Hughes used to play Vincent Company in midfield when he first signed for Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but but moving on from from that, who, who do we fancy as manager? Then I've said Eddie Howe, and Tony said um, Frank Lampard. I mean, is that I can't see Conte doing the job personally. I just can't see Nor that. Me. I think oh, yeah. I think it's a young, it's a it's a hell of a job, and I think it's a younger manager's job who's really wants to get his teeth stuck into it. He's going to be working a lot of hours and a lot to do. He's going to need a good team around him. Um, but then you could argue, is he going to need the experience with all this sort of squad shuffling? I think maybe they need to go for like a director of football to, to um, look after that side of things, so people's contracts, players in and out, and then, you know, having a, a, a first team coach to deal with the, the first team in the football. Um, Cause that is a, that's, that's a tricky, tricky job they got there. Hmm. But one, no doubt, no doubt they'll be paid thrown. suitably. Absolutely. The name was thrown in the hat today, I heard, was Frank Lampard with Harry Redknapp going there uh, for a year to help him out, director of football, and they've even offered to fly him up and back. Hmm. Um, so I I could see that for a low, potentially for a year. But whoever goes in, like you say, um, if it's Frank Lampard, he definitely needs uh, a Roy Hodgson or somebody like that to go in with him, uh, an older head, because like you say, you're going to need it there because you're going to, like I say, those fans, they will they will want um, they want wins and they want uh, the win trophies straight away. I know what they're like. But they're going so to just um, having a quick look on odds checker. Frank Lampard is 6-1. to one. 
Paolo Fonseca is seven to one. Steven Gerrard is eight to one. Lucien Favre, nine to one. Uh, Une Emery is ten to one. Oh, wow. Roberto Martinez is eighteen to one. Eddie Howe is twenty to one. Mm. Darren Way on there. <laughs> uh, Brendan Rogers, twenty to one. Anthony Conte, twenty to one. Zinedine Zidane, twenty-five to one. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, but they're, well, they're, they're, these Arab people, that they and, and this Amanda, whatever her name is. You're not telling me that she knows the ins and outs of a good or a bad manager. So they want a name. They're going to they're want somebody like Zidane. I'm not saying he's necessarily the man for the job, but because he's a name, I suspect that's the sort of person they go for, purely because he's a big name. But yeah. I think I, they've pub- publicly said they want someone with Premier League experience. Hmm. Like, yeah. they've said that that was one of their first decisions when they were going for Brendan Rodgers, allegedly, that that was... One of their biggest criteria was someone with Premier League experience. And right. coming through that list, there aren't many in there with a lot of Premier League experience. Someone was talking about Gus Hiddick. With Gus Hiddick, as we just touched on, I just touched on, I think someone someone like that with the experience, um, a big name with a bit of Premier League, um, you're going to need some know-how. Look, we're talking about the, the squad's not that great, so you need to know how to win games because um, you're not going to be able to make too many changes just yet. So... You know, I think someone organised with experience like that um, would be good. I know we touched on earlier about Frank Lampard and, and Howe together. Um, I don't think something like that would ever work because who's going to be the person in charge? Who's going to make decisions and stuff like that? So I think you need a, a definitive man in charge and, you know, someone like Gus Hoodick or someone, a big name with his own coaching staff around him. Um, someone that the fans are warm to, um, you know, almost like an old Kevin Keegan or something. Um you know, I sound stupid. I'd get Sam Allardyce back if I was Newcastle now. I don't know how they feel about him out there anymore, but I'd be looking at someone like Sam Allardyce right now for a year or two. Well, it is a wild, here's a wild card name for you. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> <laughs> then they will go down. <laughs> yeah. They, they had the perfect manager last year before Bruce. Yeah. Benitez. Benitez. Yeah, and yeah. the fans absolutely idolised him. Mm. He, he was the be perfect. It. He was the perfect. They got the money now. They got the money got now. The money. Bring him back. I could see him. Was he there when the um, that Amanda was there? Was he part of the club then, or did she come in after that? Not sure. I think he was. I think he was around when they were first sniffing. When they were the sniffing question. that, but. Mm. A question for you then, guys, is that how much are they allowed to spend as regards to the fair play? I mean, is it, sure. do, they, are they, do they inject, as we talk about them injecting one billion into the account, is, does that mean that they can just spend that if, they, no. if they've done that? Or is there a, is it got to be done on, on the actual ticket no. sales? And it's still got to go over income. Income or turnover. There are ways round it, certain ways, but yeah. you still got to be um, you still got to be uh, vetted and stuff. Now, um, obviously, the old fair play, like I say, you could have. Um, I think it was Man City one. I had Tory on one hundred and fifty thousand, and his wife was on ninety thousand as a cleaner. Mm. So yeah. there are ways round it, um, but obviously they still they're, they're still going to be vetted and their fair play come into play a little bit. So I don't think you know they can go out and be absolutely stupid. And they're going yeah, to be under the spotlight, the, uh, aren't they? 
That's the point. They, they can't it's sponsor their training yeah. ground and stuff like that. They can't afford yeah. to make a mistake, and and because people will be, you know, Manchester City. If we start, I could just imagine if they try to pull a stroke, and the way City got hammered when they when they did it, you can bet your life that that, that City would be keeping an eye on that to make sure they didn't take any liberties. Well, Paris Saint Germain did it, didn't they? They were mm. trying to pull all the tricks in, and the earth they had to pay money there, but they got found out. Yeah. Um, but the good thing I will say with the owners, I hope Newcastle owners are going to do the same with Man City. There was like a 10-year plan where they've built this training grounds out to this world. Hmm. They've got all the off-the-field structure, and that, and like I say, they've gradually built. And I think they, they, I think the Man City owners have been superb for what they've done. They've been good for the Premier League. They've done it right, the fair play and everything. And I hope that there's the investment from these Saudis, um, you know, off-the-field. Like you say, I think Thorpe uh, attributed before, but their ground, you know, needs upgrading. The training facilities, like you tell me, what academy players are coming through the Newcastle development at the moment? Mm. Not very many. I wonder what the people of Newcastle thought with this, this, this van that was going round with um, um, with these pictures of this this bloke that got murdered, the journalist that got murdered. Apparently, there was a van driving round with huge, great photographs of him on the outside of the van. I wonder what the the general attitude to that is, because they they. They've kind of ignored it, haven't they? Really, because it just it suits them to ignore it. They don't want to admit that Saudi Arabia got a shocking um, human rights policy. Yeah, well, the women's got no uh, no rights either, have they? Mm. You know, but I mean, I bet your average Newcastle fan that was going there and putting a turban on his head and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, did they care? They didn't give a toss, did they? No, they were not but it's difficult, isn't it? Like we touched on this last week, really. That um, you, you just, when you just focus it on the football, of course you're going to be excited. Like you asked me if, you know, as a Liverpool fan, if if they had taken um, them over, would I be happy about it? I mean, if you concentrate on the football side of it, who wouldn't want to celebrate, you know, uh, owners with unlimited funds? But then it does kind of put the whole moral compass of you as a person into question doesn't it if you're yeah. sort of celebrating where the money's come from and all the means behind it but then it's 2021 now and you could probably find fault no matter how bad with how a lot of these owners have got money just kind of where you well, draw the line really it's just generally in life where does all the oil and gas come from so we can go down yeah. that road we're all at home with that are we going to moan that they're you know stoning people still and that we don't because they're the suppliers mm. so it's you're gonna get you're gonna get people come out of the woodwork, like I say, um, for any club, anything like that, or whatever happens in life, you're gonna get protesters. Um, Newcastle were just chuff. They they moved on. They've got Ashley out. I think that was their biggest thing for me was mm -hmm. getting rid of Ashley, and they can move on. Yeah, but as I said last week on Ashley, all right, um, you know they didn't like him. They wouldn't. He wouldn't put the money in to buy the players they wanted. But in terms of the financial stability of Newcastle United, when he left. It was a, a very, very well-run football club in terms of finances because he wouldn't spend what he didn't have. Well, he's done it in fairness, yeah. yeah. Like you said, as far as business model and stuff goes, um, he, he wanted to make it self-sufficient, didn't he? And, and he has mm. done that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and now he's quits in, isn't he, really? If yeah. Would he pay £110 million for it? Yeah. Yeah. Told us it's £300 million. Yeah. He's a, business, he's a business man at the end of the day, isn't he? Like I said, yeah. but he has kept he's kept the club afloat. How many clubs have we seen go under? 
Levy's the same at Spurs. He's a business person. He won't spend what he hasn't got. They've yeah. got a state-of-the-art stadium, and he realises now for the next five, ten years, he's got to tighten the purses. Mm. Um, if someone comes in and buys Tottenham, you know, his sell-on probably. But um, you, you can't just keep throwing money. Because I think Ashley, Ashley hasn't... He has he has backed some managers, and they have had money to spend. Yeah, he, yeah. He he just has. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, quite a few of the managers have had money to spend. But because they're not getting success, the Newcastle fans don't like that. Um, you know, it's, it's not worked out because they they've had quite a few managers under Ashley and he has backed them to start with. Like I say, they have bought. So mm. I think, to be honest, I think he, he's done quite a good job for me. Yeah, I think so as well, really, although he's very unpopular. But, um, it's just the way he puts it across it, though, isn't it? It's the way he's, he's actually, you know, he's, he's, you know, the way that the fans portray him because he doesn't... Um, He's not very transparent, is he? I think that's the biggest problem, is the fact that he doesn't speak to the fans. He just does what he wants to do. And, you know, you might be right. You might be right that he is in that financial side of Newcastle is very, very good. But his actual, like, people skills is extremely poor. And I think that's the what has not helped this situation. Well, Again, he, just, he just kept stunned, didn't he? Take... he just, you know, he didn't, he didn't well, speak to the press or nothing. Well, I think, in fairness, I mean, we're obviously, again, we're going off of probably limited information and in, in what we see in here, which is obviously always very difficult. But I can imagine for sure, I expect he got to a point where he was like, do you know what? I can't win either way. So what's the point? Why, if I go to the games, I get stick, I get abuse. If I don't go, I yeah. get stick, I get abuse. I might as well just enjoy my weekend or whatever time he considers it to be and do what I want rather mm. than getting abuse. Yeah. So, well, I, re- you know. I, re- I remember him when he took over, he wouldn't even go in the board when they went away. He stood on the terraces. They yeah. loved that Newcastle fans. Exactly. He one of them. With his top off in town and all that. Yeah. Hmm. Who's that breaking up? He's Germans and that because he was a Newcastle fan. He liked to yeah. stand up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I it, it's one of those, you know, people forgot about that. He saved the club as well when they were literally nothing. Um, but people have short memories. That's the trouble. Um, uh, I like What's that, like, he's a person. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- let's move on from Newcastle because we've we've given them a bit of a bash in one way or another. Uh, and I don't <laughs> I don't particularly want to do this, but clearly there are problems at Old Trafford at the moment. Um, you know, losing like that, 4-2, they didn't look like they had a clue on, on Saturday from what I saw of it. All right, it was only on match of the day and it was only about five or ten minutes, so you can't tell an awful lot from that. But clearly they were they were poor. Um, you know, is, is Ollie going to get the sack, do you think? No, I think they backed him today, aren't they? I'll be, I'll be honest, I watched the first half and, um, yeah, I didn't bother watching the second half because I was worried what was going to happen, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, as an example... Um, there was a time where, I don't know exactly what happened, but Leicester were attacking and the ball's broke and I think someone's passed it back to De Gea and he's, he's just launched it out the field. And Maynard had had um, Ronaldo in their half, um, uh, Fernandez about five yards away from him, just inside his own half, Sancho and Greenwood literally on the halfway line. And I'm not being funny, you cannot defend like that with mm. four players in those positions and expect to defend against a team like Leicester for long. It's, I mean, and that's 
while I've backed Ollie, that's not acceptable. As a manager, you must look at that and think, hang on a minute, who's we can't defend with four of our players stood on the halfway line. That is ridiculous. So mm. Don't you think it's been a case of that all year though? I don't think they've Well, I'll be honest, I haven't I, I haven't noticed it as, as obvious as that, but we got you know what it's like. You you need people to work hard in, in a football match and you you can maybe carry one if you're really lucky, but you can't carry that that many. I non-try. don't think he, I don't think we know a formation at the moment. I honestly don't. I think we're getting no. pulled all over the place. And I think every team we've played, even when we played Palaces now, they've had four or five chances in the first half. We look so open at the back and that. And I, th- I think, for me personally, I think um, Maguire's going through a bad patch at yeah. the moment. I, I think it's marking, like I say. Um, I don't know, like I say, are they getting exposed in midfield? Are we? But like I say, we're not We're not defending from the front. You hit the nail on the head there. Matic, Matic, what he's doing still playing in the Premier League, I have no idea. I know he might have the odd all right game when you dictate, but he can't move. He takes forever yeah. on the ball. He hasn't got the pace. He hasn't got the pace for the Premiership anymore. I'd rather see Mata than him. Mm. Well, he's Um, too powder puff. He just gets pushed off the ball all the time. He's he's awful as well, to be honest. But that's the biggest issue for us as midfield at the moment. We haven't got someone. Yeah, but it's been the Royce Royce or something like that. That's been that's been the problem for the last two seasons, midfield, and yet they don't seem to have addressed it. I suppose Van der Beek is midfield, but I mean he didn't get played. So what's the point of buying him in the first place? You know? It's Fred, didn't we, at the weekend? That's what it was. That's the problem. Mm. But, um, <laughs> but as for but when you actually look at when you actually look at the squad, I mean, you know, I do think you need a you need a good clear out, and um, the players are not good enough, and they're not working hard enough for me. You know, you talk about like Newcastle, the players are not working hard enough, mm. so they fit it not fit enough. You know, you have got one of the fittest players up front, but it looks to me like he's not. You know, he sort of stands around in the middle. All of a sudden, he might something might happen. He comes alive, but he can't. You know, you just can't. He needs. To, he needs to do more. But so that, if he's the, doing more, the question was though: Is Ollie going to get the sack? Well. And, and I, I look um, at it and I think I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, they got a game Wednesday night. They got at, yeah. at, at Atlanta. Atlanta. But why does he uh, not Atlanta. pick Cavani? I mean, I know. All right, he's had international. He better, well, I don't know, but I mean, I. I you got Rashford. In fairness, in fairness, he he picked him, and everyone moved him for picking him. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, I think he should be playing. And, and if I'm honest, I think he's very vulnerable at the moment. Mm, I do. Much as I love in, him, in the best, I, I say keep we've him, said keep him there. Before. If you want to keep losing games, keep him there. But I mean, I think if he if he loses the next mm-hmm. three games, I think he should be. You know, we've he's got to be vulnerable. It's the, one of the top clubs in the world. Which demands, you know, the one thing that Manchester United can attract is players because of the name alone. You know, sometimes we've said this when you before, look at the manager, you give the job to. Yeah, that's the problem. Somebody, Tom. somebody like Conte. No, you know, his name. He is a top, top manager. Yeah, but and he, he demands. He demands. He he can handle the top players because he's a diva himself. He can handle those players. He's been at the top of the game right from the word go. And he's always, always winning something. Well, I think I'm that he's top managers. We we got the Van Gaal in, we got Mourinho in, and neither of them have worked. Mm. No, they haven't. They're, exactly. He's a very passionate, very volatile manager at times, and I think that that's the type of character you need. 
You know, for me, he's an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, lovely person, not strong enough for me, nowhere mm. near strong enough. You know, you, we've got Jurgen Klopp, you know, he, he's he's exciting, he's, but he demands, he demands so much. Yeah, you know, Man you City, he, he demands, crap, no, he demands at Man City, he demands the very, very best. And when it's not happening, sometimes he questions himself, but he demands absolutely the best. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer demands, you know, as much as what the Manchester United fans really should expect. And I've, I've right from the word go, he did quite well. We gave him a long contract. I thought that was a mistake. I thought it was a big mistake. You know, he's, he's, he's had a little bit of success at a, a, you know, a foreign club and then all of a sudden he's got one of the biggest jobs in the world. He's not strong enough. I think I think he is vulnerable. And I think that if you lose a, two or three more games, I think he'll be on his way out. Well, take, only back take Bruce so out of the equation. He, he was, before that, he was favourite for the sack. Mm. Next manager to go. So yeah. he's massively volatile. He's, he's literally on the door of going on, if, on the way if out. If you don't get if you don't get out your Champions League group as well, I think that might be the... Yeah, that's got to go. Possibly. Got, mm. got to be funny. If we can't get out of that group, he has got to go. And and, all, and, and you know what? All his staff have as well. Yeah. All his staff. That's yeah. Carrick, that's all of them. Yeah. Get the lot out. Get them all that's out. <laughs> well, I love him to bits, but I, even I've changed my opinion. I mean, you know, I've, I've always... He's a lovely bloke and I've met him twice, three times and yeah. he's a really nice guy. But nice guys, he's too nice a guy, I think. He's too nice. <laughs> nice guys don't win championships. <laughs> they, don't win, they, don't win, they don't win championships. Sorry. Mm. You've got to demand Sometimes you've got to get the highest badass in there. You have. They win be. golf trophies, though. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, he's spun that. He's been waiting for that. He's been waiting for that. I am. I've been sat polishing it. <laughs> but, but come on then who is going to do the job if he goes in Paul um, well, problem, maybe, maybe maybe it's maybe it's not about that maybe maybe United needs someone like Mo Salah well for me no he's good at managing he's better at playing I'm going to say <laughs> I just I just can't go I just can't go through this whole podcast not talking about him so I wanted to squeeze it in Oh. Well, you've done that now. Now, sod off, right? <laughs> Perfect. It's seven o'clock. Finish your show. Perfect. Well, yeah. Perfect. well, we've got five minutes to go yet, for our boys. But um, talking of so, talking of right. uh, problems, what about Lukaku? He's suddenly gone out like a light, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, he scored a goal for five goal. games, apparently. Again, it's well, yeah, but it's you know he. In fairness, he missed the sitter, didn't he? But he was ruled offside. But, um, you know, just had the international break. It kind of disrupts things a little bit, doesn't it, I suppose? Mm. They've had a couple of difficult games. Um, they always come good. Soon. You know, They'll come good. Everyone's get, as soon as someone like Ronaldo... Or Ronaldo ain't scored for a couple now, but he banged a few in before that. King didn't score for all. Everyone's on his back and he scored. It's just the way it goes, isn't it? He'll score. Well, I suppose. He'll always score. It's disappointing, nonetheless. But, um, you know... And Not of course, for my United fans. Well... Champions, Champion League's coming up. Do you reckon we all better get out of it all right and, and beat Atalanta? Because they, they won 4-0, I think, or 4-1 on Saturday. They're a good side. They're mm. a good attacking side. That's, it'll be, they'll be good on the counter-attack. We're going to need, I know I don't really, I'm not a massive advocate, but we need someone like Fred and McTominay of what we've got for our squad. We need both of them in there. 
doing a job defensively um, and then let our attackers attack. It's got it's, it's got it's got three it's got three three written all over that game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's I, goals. I think you're I think you're struggling. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I am struggling. Is it away? Is it away? No, it's yeah. at Old Trafford, I think. Oh, is it? Oh, I yeah. thought it was. In- yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, I got offered two tickets, actually. Hmm. 100 quid each. Oh. You yeah. might get a draw then. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're worse at home. We're worse at home. I, I think you're struggling. I do. I really think you're struggling. I don't think he's got the uh, the tactical side of his, his, his set up. He's not, for me, I think he's struggling. I think you're struggling as well in, in, in the Champions League. Well, we we will see, but of course we've got not, not as much as you're struggling at golf. Have that. Me. Boom. But of course we've got a big one on Saturday. That should be interesting. Right, that that could Sunday. you lot could be back Sunday. in your boxes on Saturday night. No Sunday night. It's Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. It will yeah. be very very. It will be very very interesting. You know, but. Um, you know, going in possibly favourites is um, not something I like, but I think that we're playing well enough, and but we're pressing well enough, and I think that you've got vulnerabilities at the back at the moment. And again, tactically, he's got to come out with a masterpiece. I think. Yeah, he's got a habit of doing that. He has got a habit of doing that. He has got a habit of doing it, but he, he needs it. He desperately needs it, and the Man United fans desperately need something to cheer themselves up. But at the moment, I hate. It's, it's I not hate looking good. Hmm. I don't like him at all. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> like him because you know Manchester United. You know it's a derby game. It's a huge game, globally as well. And uh, you know, and sometimes we don't come out uh, you know too good in it. But um, if ever there was a time that Manchester United need to win, it is now. It is now, and um, I think it could be the demise of your. You know, because if you lose that, you've got your. Yeah. your, your if it's your, a, if the Champions if League exit, Atalanta playing really well. If it's there's a spanking, games. yeah. Mm. I think if there's a spanking in there somewhere, he's gone. Hmm. Sadly, but so if do I. Close fault games, if there's close fault games, he got a chance. But if there's a spanking in there somewhere, yeah. Well, that is, that is it. We'll have to see, won't we? We'll have to see. But yeah. gentlemen, we have come to the end of our time. I'm afraid. <laughs> so um, I would first of all like to say thank you very much for listening to everybody that's out there. Thank you guys very much for participating. Just a quick one. Any thoughts on Yeovil tomorrow night? You've got about 50 seconds, no, less than that, 25 seconds to give it. 2-1 Yeovil. 2-1 Yeovil. Mm. I, I could see extra time, 2 all extra time. Yeah. Anyway. Get any extra time. Might be a long evening. Don't forget to listen to <laughs> Three Valleys Radio. We will have full match commentary of the game on tomorrow night so please join us <laughs> hey, last night no tomorrow night um, yeah, but yeah, but it, this is going out Wednesday isn't it oh. <laughs> oh, alright then yeah put him in a home yeah well put him in, in a home already in that case what a, what a win that was <laughs> in that case don't forget to listen to full match commentary of Grimsby versus Yeovil on Saturday and until then thank you very much for listening everybody and we'll join you again next week goodbye for now